Isn't it good to be saved? Grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles and turn with me to Psalm 11. Psalm 11, we're going to look in Luke chapter number 6 also. Luke chapter number 6, my soul, what a great, great, man, this has been a great day already. Worshiping our King, giving Him glory and honor and blessing. He is worthy of our praise. Let me say it's good to be back in Coleman, Alabama, I'm telling you. Been a great, great week. Uh, Travis, I heard, did a great job last week. And uh, I, I said, we, did, did we make an announcement, Brother Dustin? Did we make an announcement how many potatoes we got sold? Yeah, we do. Oh, yeah, we need to make that announcement. Uh, what, was, what was the final number? You're lying. In the house of the Lord. What was the, what was the exact number? 1,080. Come on, give him praise. Uh, yeah, a lot of satisfaction goes in that number. Amen. Amen. Listen, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's, let's think about, let's think about uh, God's word today and just focus on that a little bit. I want to read. I want to read. You, you may not be there. You may not be there. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's just read Psalm first. We'll, we'll read Psalm first, and then we'll jump over there to Luke chapter number 6. The Bible says in, in verse number 3, Psalm 11, verse number 3, if you're there, say amen. Let's read it together. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Say it again. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Now I want to flip over to uh, Luke chapter number 6. And, and the Bible says in Luke six forty seven, Luke six forty seven, it says, Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and digged deep and laid the what? Foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon the house and could not shake it. I like that. Say it with me. And could not shake it. And could not shake it. For it was founded upon a rock. But, but, he that heareth, and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation, without a foundation, built a house upon the earth, against which the stream did be beat vehemently, and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. The ruin of that house was great. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the privilege of being in your house. It, is, it has been a, a blessing to enjoy the singing and the worship of our God this morning. Lord, we desperately need your anointing and your touch. I believe we have your word, but we need your touch. We need the unction from on high. And God, I pray that you'll open all of our eyes today and see how crucial and important a foundation is. I pray, God, that you'll touch us today. I pray that your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want you to watch this short video first. Hey I've been down here a whole week, which I know you already know that, seeing the posts of all them fish I've been catching. Uh, doctor's orders to
told me to get away, get my mind off of things, and, and, and take a little break. I'm down here in Fort Pierce, Florida, my hometown, and I'm standing in front of Bethel Baptist Church. This is my, my home church where I grew up, where my dad pastored. Uh, a lot of things happen in this place. Uh, this porch, you see, I can't tell you how many how many services that, that, that we sat here and before service going in and talking and played in the yard. This is a church that I learned about Jesus. This is a learn, I learned about Jonah, about David and Goliath and and uh, all the prophets learn how to memorize the Bible, learn about scriptures, uh, learn that God loves me, and learn that I'm a sinner. The whole foundation of my spiritual life was started right here, right in this place. And, and I can say that I am there as your pastor because of what took place here. I got saved here, I surrendered to preach here, and uh, I surrendered to the call of ministry here, and uh, I want to ask you this. What foundation are you laying for your kids? What are they going to be able to lean to? And what are they going to be able to depend on once they get older in life? Everyone and everything needs a good foundation. That's what we're going to talk about today. We'll see. All right. If you can, go ahead and put that picture up for me of that house. Uh, this past week when I was down visiting my brother... Uh, we, and we had a great time and, and, and got to spend some time together and got our mind off of things. And, and uh, we, we would go out early in the morning and, and the first thing we'd do, we'd go by, we'd come out to Fort Pierce Inlet, turn right and go south and, and, and head toward a set of condominiums that was called the Blackface uh, and because the whole front of it was, uh, everything's nicknamed down there. Everything's nicknamed the twin, the twin condos, the Blackface, the Pines, just basic markers where they would know uh, where, where certain reefs were and certain, uh, uh, certain places where were good to fish by those markers. And, and we would head down that way and we'd go right along the beach. We probably wasn't 100 yards, 200 yards off the beach and, and, and just riding. And, and, and I was watching and we'd look down through the beach and, and, and early in the morning, right at daylight, uh, you would see tracks where the turtles had gone up to lay their eggs and then came back down. It really, that was really cool and, and, and seen bait fish in the water. And, and you, you would look at the beach and you would uh, see different places where you could see where erosion was taking place and, and, uh, and, and the beach was being worn away and different things and, and not, not nearly this drastic. I took this picture off of the, uh, off of the internet, but I wanted you to see, uh, get, a, get an idea of the point of what that's doing, how that erosion takes place. And, and I, I was going down the beach and I was just thinking about that. And I was thinking about this verse immediately. It came to my mind in Psalms. If the foundations be destroyed... What can the righteous do if the foundations be destroyed? And, and I, I begin to look at the erosion on the beach. And, and so when I got back home, I looked up uh, erosion and began to study that erosion. Why does that happen? And why does that take place? And, and, and there was basically two reasons. There's basically two reasons that, that, that causes the erosion on the beach there. One is the waves from the current beating against the beach. Wave after wave after wave after wave. And, the, and the, the significant thing about that is, is the waves don't just take out big hunks at a time. It just takes out a little bit of sand at a time. A little bit. And, and when the waves are crashing, it, you, you can't tell. It doesn't happen immediately. But over time, over time, 
after wave, after wave, after wave, just taking a little bit a time, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. Before you know it, your house is in the ocean. That was one. Then the other way was big storms. Big storms. And, and hurricanes, uh, several different hurricanes. We was, we was riding down the beach and there, there on, on, on the shore was a big, a big boat that had washed up from the last big storm that they had. And, and they said big storms are significant issues that cause great erosion. And they eat at the foundation of the houses here. Many houses have been destroyed because of that. And boy, I got to thinking about that. Those two Things, those two significant issues that are causing this erosion. Do you realize? Do you realize that in the culture that we live in, there is a strong antichrist current? There are wave after wave after wave after wave of criticism, critique, doubt, trying to get you to doubt your faith and doubt your God and doubt what you believe in. Somebody say, Amen. And listen, not only that, when do people lose their faith? After a big storm. How can there be a God if this happened to me? How can there be a God who loves me? Doesn't he see what I'm going through? And they begin to doubt the God of the universe because they've just gone through a big storm. Am I talking to anybody today? How many of you have in the midst of a big storm begin to wonder what in the world God was up to or if there was even a God up there? Let's be honest. Come on. And man, I got to thinking, this is really, this is really targeted because when I was down there, I, had, I, I can't tell you how many childhood memories begin to come to my mind. Childhood memories that I had when I was growing up with, with my father and, 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 and through the church there, at the, sitting on the church porch, and I began to think about this that happened and, and that that happened in and, and the old-fashioned days and the, and the Easter's where we'd have a, 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 a homemade ice cream. Somebody say amen right there. I mean, all these memories begin to flood my mind. We were out there when we was catching bait. We went down, to, down the beach till we saw the pelicans skydiving. Say Amen. And then all those memories of, of, of what my dad would teach us. And, 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 and I'm telling you, I begin to think about this. Are we preparing our children? Are we building a good foundation so that when they leave you, they got to do what you want them to do while they're there? So come on. And if they don't, shame on you. But guess what? They're not always going to be there. I want them to be able to make good decisions when I'm not there. Say amen. Are we building a good foundation so that when they go out into this world, when they go out into a crooked and perverse, I mean wicked as hell itself, generation and atmosphere, will they be ready? Will they be ready for the wave after wave after wave after wave of, of liberal attacks upon their belief and their faith and the strength that they have in themselves? Will they be prepared when they go into that financial disaster, when they go into that health crisis, when that storm comes? Will they be ready? 
Will the foundation that we're laying for them, will they be prepared for the attacks that's coming? And listen, this is not just, this is not just for our kids. This is for everybody. This is for everybody. How is your foundation? How is your foundation? What, what, is, what is going on in your mind? Is the crisis that you're facing, is it causing you to grow closer to God or is it pulling you away? Maybe it's the foundation that we've laid. The Bible says that, that the storms, and by the way, by the way, you say, preacher, we just haven't never had no crisis like that. Well, get ready. I found this out. You're either coming out of a storm, in a storm, or fixing to go into one. Do I have a witness? How's our foundation? What foundation are we laying for our young people, our kids? And I begin to think, what, what, are they really, what is really important? I mean, if I want to get my child ready, if I want to get my family member ready or whatever, if I want to be ready myself, what is critical if we don't teach him anything? What is, the, what is the basic things we need to teach him? If we don't get anything right, what do we really need to get right? There's basically three things I want to share with you today. Don't you write these things down. This is so, so important. Number one, <clears throat> number one, if we're teaching our kids, if we're laying a foundation, the only way we can lay a good foundation is we need to teach them to know their God. To know their God. God. Come on, everybody, say it with me. To know their Do you realize the first thing they're going to do when they get to a liberal university or any university and they're going to land in that liberal university professor's office, you know the first thing he's going to tell them? That there ain't no God. He's going to tell them that they came from a monkey, they evolved from a, 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 a lower life form, and they're going to... Now, now I'm, not, I'm not just telling you what I think, guys. I'm telling you the facts, 77% of the kids, now listen to this, that grow up in church by their first year in college, they leave and never return. So this is not, this is not an opinion, this is fact. You know why? They had no foundation. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, they went to church. And you think that's enough? You know what we're doing? You know what we're doing? There are so many Christian parents who are subcontracting the spiritual welfare of their children. They bring their kids to church for an hour on Sunday morning. And, and, and if we're lucky, if we're lucky, they'll bring them back Wednesday night for an hour and a half. So you have two and a half hours out of the whole week. And through the whole week, they're with you. Or... They're in a public school system that teaches an anti-God system. That teaches evolution. That teaches Darwinism. That teaches, are y'all with me? Come on, y'all getting quiet for some reason. And so do we really think, do we really think that if the only spiritual benefit they get is an hour on Sunday and an hour and a half on Wednesday, that's going to be enough to lay a good foundation against the waves and the attacks against their faith that's coming? No. No, you got you to take church home with you. It can't be just Sunday. Now, let me prove it to you. Let me give you a verse. <clears throat> The Bible says this, the Bible says this, Deuteronomy 6, 6, 
And these words which I command thee this day, this is God speaking to the nation of Israel. Deuteronomy is the second law, the second reading before they go into the promised land. He says, these words, which is God's word, the law, the scriptures, which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Now watch what he says. And thou shalt teach them diligently. Say that with me. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. He's not speaking to the priest. He's not speaking to the pastor. He's not speaking to the youth director. He's speaking to every individual parent. We have a responsibility. He says, teach them diligently unto thy children. Now watch what he says. Thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. I mean to tell you, that's all the time. Listen, Christianity, Christianity is not a Sunday afternoon activity that you forget about during the week. It cannot be a side deal. It cannot be something that you do when you have a little extra time, when you're not too busy and you got everything. It needs to be your life. Say amen. How are we going to teach our kids to know God? How are we going to teach our kids to know God? Two things. Two things. Write this down. Through education. Through education. Through education. That's That's information. That's giving them the scriptures. That's Sunday school. That's, that's Bible study. That's devotions. That's talking about God. That's teaching them about God. That's taking them through the scriptures and sowing in the attributes of God. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Listen, teach your kids to memorize scripture. Teach them what, what the Bible says about. And by the way, by the way, by the way, y'all listen, everybody in the balcony, everybody in the balcony, because this is really important. This is crucial right here. Do you realize if you don't teach them about God, then Hollywood will? But Hollywood won't give them the version of the Bible. Hollywood will give them their own. Hollywood will teach them that God is this old man upstairs who cannot hardly see. is just trying to help everybody do their thing and is, is okay with anything. I got home. I got home. And I went and visited my garden. My wife, nor my children, assisted me in the upkeep of my garden. Yeah. I needed it when I saw it, I'm going to tell you. Tell me what I saw when I got out there, people. Weeds. Weeds. I heard somebody say, just let your children be whatever they want to be. Let them, what, let, just let them, just leave them alone and let them. Yeah, yeah, that's smart. You mean tell you what's going to come up in their life? Weeds. If you don't cultivate it, if you don't spend time keeping out the undesirable and putting in what you desire. Somebody say amen. I mean, it takes effort. It takes work. It takes putting it in there. And if you don't, I'm telling you, if you don't have an answer for them, the world will, but it won't be the right answer. 
So you got to educate them. You got to teach them. Give them the Bible. Teach them what it says. But this is, this is where we mess it up. That's not enough. That's not enough. Do you realize that you can give people information and they can know about somebody? They can know about somebody. Somebody, I posted my shark picture. <clears throat> you remember? Say hello to my little friend. I thought it was funny. Little shark smiling at everybody. I thought that was great, man. There was somebody, there was somebody in South Carolina. I've never met from Adam. And they posted underneath that. I've heard a lot about you. And this picture says it all. I'm not even sure what that means. I don't know what they're hearing. Man, I don't know. They don't know me. They know about me. And they think they know me, but they don't know me. Not like you know me. Are y'all with me? And so here we are. We're bringing them to Sunday school. We're bringing them to Sunday school. And they go and they hear about Jonah. And they hear about David. And they hear about Jesus. They hear about Jesus walking on the water. They hear about Jesus healing the blind man. They hear about about Jesus saying, Lazarus, come forth. And the dead man walks out to the grave. Somebody say amen. And we think that's enough. And we think we're doing a good job because they can tell you some things about the one you want them to know. But that's not enough. Here's the second thing I want you to write down. And I'm probably going too long with this, but I can't help but I'm feeling it right now. Amen? They need to know God by education. You got to give them scripture. You got to give them the truth. They need to know the true God. They need to know the God of the Bible. They need to know the God who hates sin. But he loves people. You need, they need to, are y'all with me there? I don't want to keep doing it, but anyway. But then they need to know God by experience. By experience. Is God real to them? Let me, I, here's a great illustration. <clears throat> Do you know my whole life I've been reading about Jerusalem? My whole entire life. For 40 something years. I've been reading about Jerusalem. I've been reading about Jericho. Y'all with me? We used to sing songs about Joshua marching around Jericho. Say amen. Woo, blow the trumpet, baby. Blow the trumpet. And the walls come tumbling down. I'm telling you, it was, but do you realize... And in, 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 in right after Thanksgiving, right after Thanksgiving, I had the privilege to walk through Jericho, one of the lowest places on earth, hotter and blue blazes, ride up the hill, go on the incline. You go from one of the lowest places on earth to Jerusalem, which is way above sea level, and walk around Jerusalem. I didn't just educate myself and hear about it. I experienced it. Let me tell you something. There is no substitute for experience. Now, I'm going to show you again. I'm going to show you again. Watch this here. Judges. Uh, No, 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 no. 
Yes, 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 yes. Judges chapter 2, verse 7, or actually verse 10. I, I skipped a few. Now, y'all remember, y'all remember when Joshua was in the promised land and, uh, and, 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 and it come time and he died. And all of the fathers, all of the people that had seen all the works of the Lord throughout the, the, the wilderness wanderings and all of that, they all died too, right? Now, watch what happens. Watch what happens. <clears throat> it says, and also... All that generation were gathered unto their fathers. And there arose another generation after them. There arose another generation after them. Say this with me. Ready or not, here they come. You know what I'm talking about, right? I seen some folks yesterday with a little bitty baby. And I told the young man, I said, you enjoy every single minute because when you blink your eyes, they're gone. They're coming. They're coming. Ready or not, they're coming. There arose another generation after them. Now watch this. Here's the saddest, saddest words in the Bible. Who knew not the Lord. Who knew not the Lord. Now, now watch this, watch this. Nor yet the works which he had done For Israel. Here's my point. Let me how I word this. We've got to move from telling our children what God has done to the point that we're telling them what He is. You see the difference? I can read what he did for Moses. I can read what he did for Elijah. Got to stand on the mountain where he caught fire down from heaven, killed all those prophets, made a nonprofit organization out of them. Say amen. I can read about what he did for all of the the prophets in the Old Testament. I can read about what he did for Peter. I can read about what he did for John. I can read about what he did for Paul. I can read about Paul and Silas in the jailhouse rock. Say amen. And that's all great and fine. But that's a God of the past. I want to know what's God done for me. Is he real to me? You can read about it and educate yourself on something. But when you show up and step into Jerusalem and experience it, it's a whole different deal. Is God real to your children? So how do I do that? How do I get them to experience God? Here here was my first. My first, dad would tell us, you know, and I, when we were seeing them pelicans die for that, and, and they say, they shake, woo, shake that little tail. That was funny. I mean, I thought about it once again. And if you never heard that story, I've told it a hundred times here. My dad had me and my little brother on the, on the jetty there. He said, watch them, them pelicans will thank God for the fish they catch every time they catch it. I said, uh-uh. He said, yeah, yeah, watch it. Because when, 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 when the pelican dives down and gets the fish and he swallows the fish, he'll shake his little tail saying, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Me and my little brother, we looked at each other like, oh. And sure enough, we was watching him, man. We was watching him pelican. Boom. He caught the fish, threw his old neck back to the fish, back swallowed the fish, and he just went, 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now that I'm grown, I realize he was shaking the water off his tail. Amen. But dad was teaching us that there was a God. And even creation knows there's a God. And I couldn't help but chuckle when we was out in the boat this week and seeing that again. But he made life real to me. But let me tell you the first time. Let me tell you the first time I experienced God. And God was real to me. My sister, my older sister, y'all, y'all know Mindy, she back in the nursery. And, 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 and she had a fever. She had a fever. We didn't have a whole lot back then. And, and, and going to the doctor, you just didn't go to the doctor unless it, you know, I mean, it, you just didn't. You, put, you did all those, home, putting them in, 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 in a bathtub full of cold water. Y'all with me? They did everything. They did everything. Her fever would not break. She was really, really, really bad sick. And so dad, dad brought him, uh, Mindy and put her on the couch and, and, and took my little brother and made him kneel down right here, made me kneel down right here, and my mama kneeled down right here, and he knelt down right here, and Joe started. He prayed a little prayer, I prayed a little prayer. Mom prayed a prayer, and Dad prayed, and oh, did he pray. And when he got through praying, her fever was broke. Let me tell you something. Ho, 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 I'm running out of time. That made God real to me. What's the point? The point I'm trying to make is this. Don't leave the spiritual foundation of your children or even yourself up to Sunday school, up to the teacher, up to the, uh, you can have the best in the world and they can teach them all about God and give them all the info. But you let God answer prayer for them. One experience with God is worth a year of education. Well, how do you know God's real? I tell you, I don't know God's real. Because I've seen God's work. I've seen his handiwork. Well, I don't, want, I don't want to include my kids on our problems. Well, shame on you. You need to include them. Bring them in to pray. And I'm not talking about stressing them out. But say, hey, we've got a need right here. Let's pray and ask God to help us. I, I was sitting in Dr. Brown's office one time. <clears throat> they had, he had a gumball machine in there. It took a dime <clears throat> to get them gumballs. And we were sitting in that office and his grandson come in. His grandson's supposed to be in class. But he comes in the office. When you're the preacher's grandson, you do what you want to do. Say amen. <laughs> he come in there and I'm sitting at the desk and Preacher Brown's sitting right there. And he said, Papa, I need, I need a dime. I need a dime. He knew what he was wanting. He wanted one of them gumballs. He said, all right, son, come on right up here. Let's, let's pray about this thing. He said, all right, Paul, Paul. So he bowed his head and he got his thing. He started praying for a dime. He got in his pocket, pulled out a dime, set it on the table and went to praying. He opened his eyes and there was a dime. Oh, that's what's he doing? He's making God real to him. Let me ask you a question. Has your kids done more than just heard about God? Let me read this part again. See if this will click. What time is it? I don't see no clock. I got all the time in the world. Amen. All right, look here. Judges 2. They knew not the Lord, nor yet the works. 
the works. They hadn't seen him do anything. They wasn't there at the Red Sea. They wasn't there. They wasn't there when, when, when he gave them manna from heaven. They wasn't there when the water came out of the rock. And the parents didn't do a good job of teaching them who God was or, or showing them. What kind of foundation are we laying, guys? Do they know their God? They have to. They have to. Brother Dustin, how much time do we have? Do I have time to go? Just give me a, a number. Ten minutes. Perfect. Five per point. Here's five minutes right here on point number two. What's the second thing they need to know? This is not going to be very long. What's the second thing they need to know? If we're going to lay a good foundation, what do we need to teach our children? We need to teach ourselves who our God is. They need to know there is a God. Say amen. amen. Through education to experience. But then you need to teach them about their self. Number two, write that down. You need to teach them about their self. And now I'm going to be real blunt with this, so I, don't, I hope I don't offend nobody. I'm probably going to, but it's okay. I know, I know without a shadow of a doubt, every black bird thinks their bird's the blackest. Okay? Do I need to elaborate? Every black bird thinks their bird's the blackest. Every, every parent thinks their child is going to be the next Roger Clemens or next, you know, Bo Jackson, the next whatever. It, 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 you just ask them. Just, just talk to them. And, and, and we build them up and build them up and build them up, telling them they're the greatest thing in the world. They're the princess, the most beautiful thing there ever was, and, 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 and all this. Kind of, and and we, need to, we need to build our children. We need to praise our children. We need to bless our children. We need to encourage our children. We need to help their self-esteem and all that. But here's the thing. If you don't get straight up honest with them and tell them that, they're a sinner, you're doing them an injustice. You say, what's the point? The point is this. You can tell them they're the greatest hitter there ever was and build them up and build them up and give them all that confidence and they go up to the plate and strike out. And then they're going to think, what happened? What happened? Or, or they go to a church. And the man of God opens the Bible and he shares that there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that seeketh after the Lord. The Bible has declared us all sinners in sin. And they're going to say, I'm a good person. Hello? Have you, have you, have you taught your child that they're a sinner? They're a sinner. They're lost. Why would I want to do that to my kid? Because you can't get saved till you get lost. There's two things you need to teach them about themselves. You need to teach them their nature. Their nature. Watch what it says. I'll give you Bible. Ephesians 2, 1, And you have the quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sins, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature. Come on, everybody. Don't get offended that fast. Come on. We're by 
nature the children of wrath. Romans 3, 4, there is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3, 13, for, or 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Galatians 3, 21, but the scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. They need to know they're a sinner. They need to know that they, listen, they were born in sin. We arrived broke how many times how many times have you seen people post pictures of the grandchildren especially the grandchildren and they said he or she they are just perfect let me give you a hint no they're not Oh, they're just beautiful. I'm going to just declare this right now. Firstborn, uh-uh. He looks like Uncle Henry. If that looks like Uncle Henry, Uncle Henry's in bad shape. Say amen. I need a witness. Come on now. I, I, know, what, I know what you're saying. I know when, when I get my first grandchild, it's going to be perfect too. <clears throat> But the truth is, they arrived broke. They arrived broke. And they need to understand their nature. So then, number two, or B, you can teach them their need. What is their need? It's given to us in John chapter number three. Do you all remember when Nicodemus came unto Jesus? Say, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. No man can do these miracles that thou doest unless God be with him. And he said, ye must... Be born again. I mean, let me read it. Let me read it. He says in John chapter 2, John chapter 2, verse 22, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. John 3, 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter in the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh, talking about the physical birth, the water is the physical birth, the spirit is the spiritual birth. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. You cannot make it to heaven without being saved. The greatest thing that you can teach your child is that there is a sinner and they have a great Savior who is offering a great salvation. I don't care how far they can throw a football. I don't care how far they can hit a baseball. I don't care how good they're at volleyball or softball or any of that other junk. If they can be the best in the world at that and not be saved and you failed... Your number one ministry in life is to make sure your child gets the glory. Church, say amen. You need to lay a good foundation and teach them about their God. Teach them about themselves. And then lastly, hurry, hurry, hurry. Write these down. Write these down real quick. I'm running out of time. Teach them about their Bible. Their Bible. Why would you send... Listen, do we have any do we have any parents in here that has children or grandchildren in the military? 
Any? We got, we got some? Some over here, all right, in the military. How would you feel? How would you feel if, if uh, Uncle Sam <clears throat> gave them a rifle and said, all right, we're sending you to a hot zone and didn't give them no bullets? How would you feel? You say, well, that's ridiculous. It is, isn't it? I'd be jumping up and down like a banny rooster. Say amen. I'd be mad. I'd be calling my congressmen. I'd be calling senators. I'd be calling them all kind of things. Say amen. How, what, what, what do you mean sending them without bullets? What do you mean sending them unarmed? That's the craziest thing I ever heard of. They're going to get killed out there. Exactly. And how in the world are we sending our kids out into a world that is a hot zone, that is so anti-Christ, it is unbelievable, and we're not giving any bullets for the gun. Do you know this is all we have to fight back? The sword of the Spirit. It is the only offensive weapon we have in this battle that we're in. And we are in a battle. We have an adversary. He's the devil. He roams about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And we're sending our kids without any bullets. They need to know their Bible. They don't need to just know their Bible. They need to know how to use their Bible. Now I know what you're thinking. Well, I don't even know all of the Bible. You don't, you don't really have to know all the Bible. You just got to know how to use it. Do you know Einstein wouldn't memorize phone numbers? Einstein wouldn't memorize phone numbers? He said, why use up brain space for something you can go find? I know where to find them. My man, say amen. Someone come into his office one day and his desk was cluttered cluttered look like mine and they said a cluttered desk means a cluttered mind he says what's an empty desk look like what does an empty desk mean <laughs> they come in there and clean my office I can't find nothing somebody say man amen. do you know where to find it preacher my, I'm not I don't have a good memory well do you know how to find it though do you know how to find it Watch this. Let me give you four things. Four things. Just write them down because I'm 53 seconds. Can you write in 53 seconds? All right. Know their Bible. Why? <clears throat> four things. We need to, they need, our, our children, our young people, we, every individual Christian, every person, you need to know your Bible, A, for salvation. Write that down. What's the Bible say? And, and, and Paul is telling Timothy, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. You know how I know I'm saved? Woohoo! Jesus loves me, this I know for my. Say amen. All right. I know how to, I know I'm saved. I know how to get saved. Y'all with me? In my Bible, that's right. B, for guidance. For guidance. Watch what it says. Psalms 119, 103, or 105. Psalms 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my... What does my Bible do for me? It gives me... Come on, everybody. It gives me... 
It's a regular flashlight. Parents, I hate, to, I hate to tell you this. I hate to even think about this. But you're going to die. I hate that you had to come to church and learn that. <laughs> but you're going to die. Why, why would you tell us that? This is why I'm going to tell you that. Our kids can call us for advice and help and counsel. Daddy, how do you do this? Daddy, how do you do that? Mama, how do you do this? How do you do that? Who are they going to call when you die? Oh, I give my, I am, I, I give my kids spiritual direction. Okay, who's going to do that when you die? It's the whole, it's the whole uh, give a fish, teach a fish. Right? You give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. You teach him how to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. We need to, go, we need to move past giving advice to teaching them how to find it for themselves. Because I found out this, this will guide them no matter what the question is. No matter what the issue is, they need to learn how to use their Bible to get good counsel and advice to make sound decisions. Because one day, you're not going to be there to give it to them. Right? So they need to know their Bible, know how to use their Bible for salvation. B, for guidance. For guidance. C, write this down. Write this down. For comfort. For comfort. Now why do they need that? Because they're going to go through some stuff. How many of y'all know the times your kid just had an issue, you know, a friend broke up with them or whatever it might be, had a bad grade or didn't get accepted to something or didn't get a scholarship, whatever it might be, and they're just so broken and you just want to hold them. And then they come to the age where you can't fix it for them. I hate that. I'll be honest with you. But there's going to come a day when your words won't mean what they used to. And they're going to need something from a little higher authority. They're going to need to hear something more than mama or daddy saying everything's going to be all right. Because their issue is so big and the hurt is so deep that they need something with more power behind it. And that's God's word. Are you teaching them how to use it? So that one day when you're gone or one day when you don't know what to say and that day will come. They can go to God's word and find the comfort. The psalmist said it well. <clears throat> the psalmist said it well. He said in Psalm 119, 49, Remember the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. This is my comfort and my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. The psalmist knew how to find comfort in God's word. And lastly, they need to know their Bible for salvation, for guidance, for comfort, and especially for wisdom. 
for wisdom. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, all instruction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. What does that mean? The Bible teaches you what's wrong. The Bible teaches you what's right. The Bible teaches you how to get right. And the Bible teaches you how to stay right. Say, so what's the difference between wisdom and knowledge? You can give them all the knowledge in the world, but knowledge is not wisdom. Knowledge is the acquiring of information. What is wisdom? Wisdom is the right use of knowledge. How many of y'all seen people who had a lot of knowledge, but they didn't have no wisdom? They need wisdom. They need the knowledge, but they need the wisdom to know how to use it. And that only comes from God's Word. And all God's people say it. How are we doing with the foundation? I looked up the word foundation. Let me give this to you and then we'll we'll pray. Jalen, y'all come on up and do your thing. The foundation is what supports everything else. Now, I need everybody to look at me just a minute. Look at me. I I know when I go to closing, y'all go to wrapping up your mind. But look at me. Look at me, look at me. Everybody in the balcony, everybody, look at me, look at me, look at me. I've helped some builders in my day. Builders in my day. And we would start on a foundation. But do you know what? If the foundation was off, they wouldn't even build. You know why? Because if you try to build... On a foundation that is off, everything else will be If we try to build on our children's lives and help them build their lives and their future and their destiny on a faulty foundation, everything else will be off. Let's do it right. And all God's people say it. Amen. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word and your blessings. And Lord, thank you for the encouragement you've given us, Lord.